Okay, good morning. Today's class is in, sponsored by Leunishmat Rabbi Meir Ben Shimon, also in Leunishmat Yehudit Gila Bat Yitzhak Yaakov HaKohen, also in Leunishmat Yachmiel Deir Ben Gedalia, and for the Refuel Shalem of Sion Ben Neymah, and of course the Refuel Shalem of Miriam Bas Ina Pesia Yechevet. She was a mother of three that is in a coma right now. She got hit by a drunk driver in the five towns. And may Hashem help her. She was a follow, she's a follower of the classes. And may Hashem help her to get up and get up stronger than ever. And you should know that today there's a lot of people fighting for their lives. A lot of people are fighting for their lives. And we have our lives. And some of us are, are, are sleeping while we're, while we're very comfortable. And from, in her sake, she has a mother of three kids, a divorced mother of three kids. We should all get up in her, in her. Do something else in her name. That you have a life, you're not in a coma, and we should all do something to at least get up in her honor. Not everybody has it like we do. We need to understand that. So today's the day. If you have a limitation, take her name. She's a mother of three kids. She's a breadwinner. Get up in her name. Get up in her name. This is what it's all about. You know, when you see something like this, perspective changes. Perspective changes, I mean, completely. So anyway, Hashem, Hashem, help her. Get up. Also, today's class is, God willing, we have the event, God willing, December 16th, which is in, I believe, Thursday night. Hashem help us. We know this is a very, very tough month. We spoke about Tevet. I know we spoke about this a week ago. Thank God we had a couple days of Hanukkah. But Tevet is definitely a month that belongs to Esau. There's a lot, a lot of din. You could, we could feel it. Look at the tornadoes yesterday. Um, I mean, just a, there's a lot. You could see the energy in the air. I mean, but, you know, after Tevet, God willing, then we have... But we have Shvat, and we have, we have uh, two months of um, Adar, we have uh, Nisan, we have Siva. We have a good, we have a good stretch. But th- this is definitely a month that you have to get through the stretch. So anytime we're, where there's a lot of judgment, there's a lot of din, what we need to do is we need to, little, we need to work a little harder. We need to get more tzedakah. We need to pray a little harder. We need to watch our emotions, specifically anger. I mean, it's just unreal, the amount of energy. I mean, I, I mean I'm feeling it. I'm definitely feeling it, and there's a tremendous amount of tests going on. We just have to, you just have to pull a little, put a little, put a little more muscle, Israel Hashem. Okay, today we're going to do lesson 23 and 24 in the Kutim Moran. Also, we're going to take this concept in by Parshas Vayechi, which is a beautiful concept of Rav Natanzal. Rav Natanzal's yurtzeit is tomorrow, which is the tent of Tevet. Unbelievable Rav Natanzal, Rav Natanzal did for Bresov. That is going to be, to, God willing, tomorrow. And Israel Hashem today also represents the, the yurtzeit of Ezra. Ezra HaSofer, and the eighth, yesterday was the day that the, the, the Torah was, tra- was, was uh, translated into Greek. So you could see the amount of danger. Imagine taking the Torah, translating into Greek. And this is where, you know, the root of all philosophy and all, all, this, all this thinking that we have today, God forbid, that, you know, if we don't have the Torah, it gets translated into Greek. What happens? You're, you're stuck. You're stuck on philosophy. Imagine living today a life of philosophy. Imagine living a life with no emuna, just philosophy. What are you going to do with it? You have a million questions and no answers. With Amuna, you have a million answers and no questions. See, that's the difference between philosophy and Amuna. Faith, you have all the answers, no questions. Philosophy, only questions. This happened, how did that happen? How did that happen? What's the difference how it happened? What are you going to do? When you're down in the grave, I'll tell you the answer. What's the difference? Kushot, all these kushot, these questions we have, definitely come from this, these think, this arrogant thinking. And we have to be very, very careful that when we have a lot of questions, it's, it's answering us, we need a lot, more, a lot more faith. 
We get answers when we go into humility and submissiveness. We don't get answers when we become arrogant. This is why it's very, very important. We have to start questioning our thinking and stop questioning our Creator. This is the path of of path of Rab Nachman's teachings. Constant, constant bitto, constant submission, constant surrendering, recognizing how much you know nothing. And this will help us get through these tough times, etc. And Mizrat Hashem, may Miriam be zochet to get up from this coma and get up greater than ever. Okay, Parshas Vayechi, something unbelievable that I read. Of course, Rab Natan says this in Lakuta Halachot, which is unreal. I mean, and this is like when I got, when I read this, it really gave me a, a big introspection. It says Yaakov lived in the land of Egypt. The main life that Yaakov experienced, Zohar says, was in Egypt. Imagine. Tell me this makes any sense. Where he lived in joy and peace. The Zohar is saying, in Egypt, he lived in joy and peace. How is it that the holy land, Yaakov did not attain peace? But in Egypt, the impure land where his descendants would eventually suffer in bondage, he did attain peace? How does that make any sense? The greatest level of joy comes about when one takes hold of the sadness and depression and transforms it into happiness. The greatest joy in life is not a condition. It's a decision. It's not a condition. Here's telling us something very, very deep. It's a decision to be happy wherever you are, except whatever you're going through. And that itself is the opposite of exile. Exile itself means I need this to happen, I need that to happen, I need that to happen, I'm in exile, I'm a slave. No. When you recognize this is exactly where you need to be, like Yosef Atzali, this is exactly where I need to be, I'm in jail, it's a po- I'm supposed to be here. It's meant to be that I'm, be- I'm here. I'm the, God forbid I went through this, divorce. this is exactly what God wants for me at this moment. When you have that mindset that this is exactly where you're supposed to be, at the very moment, you are free. You can experience joy because you just took the sadness and depression and you transformed it to joy. Which is a very deep message. When the world is chasing nothing but happiness, the whole world is chasing happiness. We have to practice it, not chase after it. And what he's saying here, exile corresponds to sadness and depression. And Jacob's response shows us how to turn around its effects. Jacob lived in the land of Egypt. He knew that the exile would continue until all the sparks of holiness would be gathered up. But he was able to find peace even and even attain great happiness in Egypt. For he strengthened himself and his descendants with the joyful promise of the future redemption. So just understand this little paragraph. <laughs> how many lessons in life you can learn from this little paragraph. And where Nachman's telling us it's not enough to, to, to change your mind and think about some other way to be happy. No, no, Nachman's telling you opposite. You have to find a way to transform the lemons into the lemonade. You have to find a way to find happiness in that situation, which is not this message of psychology, not the other messages. The Rav Nachman's message is in itself. When you're able to accept, okay, this is the marriage that I have. This is the situation that I have. This is the, the, the problem that I'm going through. Be acceptance, the acceptance of the process, then you're free. The process itself, knowing that he knew that he had to go through this process, and he knew that the, eventual, the, the redemption is going to eventually come, it's not going to come right away to him, but he knew he was able to accept. He was able to surrender and accept exactly then he was able to be the simcha at the present moment. And if I could tell you this, this is exactly what Ben Rachman's whole message is all about. 
Wherever you are, whatever situation you can have, you can find emunah in every situation. Obviously, I went through with my son's situation. That itself is a tremendous test because the whole point of the Yetzirah is he wants you to be obsessed with the future or get stuck in the past. So you already know what the problem is. The problem is either you're holding on to the past or you're obsessed with the future. And those two things is considered exile and sadness because there's always something you could have done better. You could have been nicer, you could have done better, you could have made more money, you could have been prettier, you could have been this in, in the past. Or in the future, you want things to be more in control, more, more safety, and more, you want to have more certainty in life, and that's not happening, so then you're jumping into anxiety. So you could see clearly the message of what, what Yaakov, he lived, he lived in the moment. He lived in the moment, and that was his happiest years. His happiest years were in the struggle. You know how many people will tell you the same story? When they went through the, well, I was the happy, you know, you wouldn't believe the days in Siberia were the days that I had the most, uh, many rabbis will tell you, days in Siberia were the happiest days of my life because I was able to come up with, with superhuman strength that I never had before. The guy will tell you, the day in Siberia was the happiest days of his life because he was able to build things that he would never been able to build under these people until you're in these dire conditions. Also, I remember when I was struggling my, my divorce, my et cetera, at that time, when I was able to be free, free, well, my head was free, no matter what happened, I knew I was going to be besimcha. That is freedom. That is freedom. When you do not have a condition for your happiness, you are ultimately free. That is a decision you have to make. But if you need a condition for happiness, if you need somebody to change for happiness, if you need to make more money for happiness, if you need to get married for happiness, you need to have kids for happiness, you need to have shalom for happiness, then you're ready, you're hostage to a situation that might not happen. That might not happen. You're not guaranteed anything. This is the importance of why we need, you want to have an easier marriage, work 100% on yourself. Take 100% responsibility and say, I'm going to change myself and I'm going to accept what I'm dealing with. If it's too much for you, you want to move on, wonderful also. That's also, that's another thing when I went through my divorce, I said to myself, I'm going to be besimcha regardless. Whether I'm going to move on, I'm going to be besimcha. And if the situation gets better, I'm going to be besimcha also. That is called surrendering the outcome and being happy with the moment. That itself allows you to attain joy. And once you attain joy, what happens? Then you eliminate the other side. Whenever I'm, I am happy and I am sitting there and fighting, and fighting sadness and depression, I'm not giving the other side any sustenance. I'm not giving them any koch. They don't have any energy for me. They can't have any energy. We know sadness and fear takes away your energy. Clearly, when you're, not, when you're, not, when you're sad and, and, and you have fear, you're clearly depleted. You're emotionally depleted. You're mentally depleted. So you clearly we know that it causes the depletion of energy. And we're, we're find a way to find a way to no matter what happens, to say, it is what it is, I'm going to be besimcha regardless, like Yaakov did, then you could see you have vitality. And this is where Rav Nachman says, when you have this, you end up having vitality. Joy is the key to, to getting to the realm of freedom. Joy makes the mindful the world to come. Joy safeguards your, your mind from illnesses. Joy is a container for Torah insights. Joy is, it help, will help you guard the Brit. Joy will help you with all kinds of addictions, period. So you can see the real, real, real situation is not conditional happiness, but acceptance of what you're dealing with. Nobody has, we all know we're coming here to rectify sparks, but it's telling us very clearly, Yaakov Avinu's message is very, very clearly, that you can be brokenhearted, but you can't be depressed at any circumstances. It's extremely dangerous to be depressed. 
it's extremely dangerous to be sad and depressed because, again, there's clinical situations, but even that you have to look into. I know many people that are clinically depressed, and even that you have to look into because it's just a diagnosis, and it ended up becoming a traumatic situation in a person's life. Very few cases that have I seen, and again, I've been doing seven years, I see patients all the time. Have I seen really a case where, okay, this is the person's that Everybody, everything could be changed. I don't believe it that this is God gave you a, a ultimately a, okay, yeah, you have a tendency for this. You have a Yetzirah to be this. But that cannot be a prescription where you never, you're never had a chance to make it. I don't believe that. Of course, some of us need medication to get started. Absolutely necessary medication many times to get started. I'm a big fan of medication if it's needed. But where this is the it, this is it. I don't, I don't believe it. Sometimes it becomes a, too much of an easy way to say, you know what, I got a clinically, I got a diagnosed, that's it, this is who I am. Who knows if the doctor's right or wrong? You know what I mean? Doctors themselves have no idea what they're doing. So you're going to just all of a sudden take a diagnosis from a guy and, and this is your whole, life, your whole life from one diagnosis? I know many doctors. And they're not all of them. People misdiagnose all the time. I, third, I think... Uh, uh, Medical malpractice, I think, is the third cause of death in the world, for God's sake. So you could see, Rabbi Nachman says to all his followers, told them very clearly, number one, stay away from doctors. Number two, stay away from doctors. His message was, just believe in the word of God and change everything. This is a very hard message, obviously, to give to some people because we're so ingrained in it. And obviously, we don't have that level of amuna today to just say, I'm going to depend on tefillah. We don't have it. Let's be honest. We don't have it. I wish we did, but we don't have it. But that's the ultimate message to understand that according to your theory is your practice, is your therapy. So Ramachan, again, Lesson 24, he talks again about this concept of transforming it, transforming the situation. He gives an analogy. So sometimes people are happy and dance and they grab somebody from the outside. We all go to a wedding. There's a guy sitting down. He doesn't want to dance. Everybody else is dancing. So what do we do? We take the guy and we drag him into the, into the dance, right? We've all had that guy that's, that's sitting, in the, sitting down against his will and we make him dance. And it's the same thing with happiness. There's times when you don't want it. You don't want anything. But you have to drag it. You have to drag it to it. Rabbi Nachman says, when a person is happy, gloom and suffering stand aside. Basically, what he's telling you here is, you can't have two emotions. You cannot have two thoughts at the same time. And when you jump into one, the other one flees. You understand? When, you, when, one, when I'm in a good state, automatically sadness flees. So that's automatically the solution. It's just you have to sometimes jump into it. He even said in, in wisdom that it's the happiest, it's one of the hardest things to attain. It's the hardest things to attain happiness. It's one of the hardest things. And sometimes the only way to even get there is you have to do silliness. You have to resort to foolishness and silliness. This is why you see so much, you know, foolishness and, and, and around. There is, because you have to take the edge off. You have to take the edge off of life. But he says this is the greatest thing to attain. Because when you attain it, <coughs> then you're free. That's the whole point. You get your mind back. Yet still... Rabbi Nachman says, it is to gather the courage to actually pursue gloom and introduce it into joy, such that the gloom itself turns to joy. Just like I said, you could say a person's an addicted, he could say, I'm happy that Hashem cares so much about me that He wants a spiritual awakening for me. And I, this addiction is, is going to get me close to my Creator. That's, a, that's something to be very happy about. Or that this divorce got me closer to my Creator. That is something to be very besimcha about. 
or in this situation I found God. That it's something to be, because we always recognize that the, the, the sweetness is in the bitterness itself. So we always know that the sweetness is in the bitterness itself. A person should transform the gloom and, 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 and all his suffering into joy. It is like a person who's at a celebration. The abundant joy and happiness then transforms his worries from gloom to joy. He grabbed the gloom and introduced it into joy. He grabbed, this is exactly what Tevet is also about. Laughing at the anger. Laughing. You're angry. Oh, here we go. I'm pissed off again. Another Moroccan moment. Turn it into Besimcha. You get me? Do you understand? Turn it, turn it into. Even if, you, even if a person's compassionate himself. This is the concept. They will attain gladness and joy. And sadness and sighing will flee. This is a postdoc from Isaiah. The sadness and sighing flee and run from joy. For at the time of joy, it is the nature of sadness and sighing to stand aside. Yet when one actually can pursue them and catch up to them, the best thing is really to transform it. Because I could say, you know what, I have a situation. But I'm going to push away this darkness. What happens? That's what an addiction does. It pushes away the darkness. It doesn't transform the darkness. Faith transforms the darkness. An addiction pushes away the darkness. So what happens? Another darkness who comes. The difference is, faith and spirituality transform the darkness, forces you to look inside. And this is the meaning they will attain gladness and joy, and gladness and joy will catch up and seize the sadness seen from them. So again, like I've said many times, when I am myself in a not in a good, very good state, which is a very common thing due to all the pressures that everybody's going through. There's not, nobody's saved from pressures today. We all have tons of pressures across the board. You have to find a way to jump and do something positive when you're in that negative state. Whether it's to, to, to giving tzedakah, give somebody a kind word, call up a friend, break that cycle. And then once you get that momentum going, you will be able to now change that, the, the way you look at that situation. And you will find a good point in that situation. This is a very, very important message. Because when you're under, when the, when the roof is raining, when, when it's raining outside, you can't fix the roof, pretty much. This is not the time to fix the roof when it's raining outside. Because you're going to fall down and things are going to be worse. So you have to recognize right now, while it's raining, you have to find a way to take your head out of the situation. And that itself is a big mitzvah. Because Ram Nachman says, when you go from a negative thought to a positive thought, it's like you transform the world. You transformed your own world. Another key method to turning the insanity into sanity, which all you have to do is just turn on your phone, and that will give you enough anxiety. Tornadoes. This is, there's, nothing, there's no end to it. There's no end to it. What is Reb Natan's advice? For his, for him? And remember, Reb Natan was a person who, they had a hitman on him. They tried to kill him. Instead of the right, they killed the, the wrong Natan. They had a Natan with four, with, with four kids. They killed him. They, I mean, they were, everybody was after him. And they were not, not, not non-religious Jews. Jew, religious Jews were after him. He was out on his whole life. He was on the run. He was on the run his whole life. Yet, his hand did not stop writing. You know why he was on the run? It was because the other side saw his potential. This is another problem also. When you do have potential in life and you have a lot of potential, you're going to get attacked. There's nothing you could do about it. This is the concept of Yosef Atadik. Yosef Atadik, he had the potential to bring back a lot of people. 
as it says, Yosef Atadik spoke to, to many to bring them back, automatically you're going to have problems. So if you're going to have, if you're in any single life, if you have any kind of life where you have potential to help people, forget about it. Get ready to run. You're always going to be on the run. It's always going to happen. No matter what. Now if you want to be comfortable, like we say, only good players get double teamed in life. Then nobody's going to bother you, but you're going to die from no fulfillment. So that's a problem also. So you can't do nothing and die for no fulfillment because that will be boring as, boring as life anyway. That itself is a prisoner. This is what Reb Nachman says in the book Wisdom. That you're not saved. You're not saved from family issues. As much as you want to have issues with peace with family, everybody has a Switzerland in their family. Everybody has an Iraq in their family. Iran, a China, Russia, Cold War. Everybody's got a Morocco in their family. Everybody's got these characters in their family. And you're not safe from it. You might want peace, but you're not going to get it, he says. But what you could do is you can live your life. That's his message. Because people die every day, and life goes on, and that shouldn't be your whole focus in your life. What's happening in my life? I have this problem. You basically, he's telling you in, in a very common way, just let it go. <laughs> let, you have to find a way to let it go. And you're not going to have everybody happy. You're not going to have, even if you have all the tools in the world, one, all of a sudden this will be repaired, next thing you know that breaks. And you're like, all I want is peace. Guess what? You can go to all the counselors in the world, all the therapists in the world, EMDR, hypnotists. They're not going to help you. They'll help you just deal with it. But you're still going to have issues in your family, no matter who you are. And you're not alone. And everybody's got some dysfunctional issue in every single family. So if you have the perfect family, you're just covering up and you're lying to yourself. Very much. I hate to tell it to you. Basically, I think Rabbi Yahweh Jacob says, what's the definition of a dysfunctional family? More than two members. That's the definition of dysfunctional. You have more than two members. So Rabbi Nachman says, two people is a dysfunctional family. So what is, what is Rabbi Nachman's advice? Okay, so don't get married. Live alone. What should you do then? He says, then the problem would be, the words would be in your own head. That's the problem. So, if you don't want to get married and deal with families and deal with the whole situation, okay, no problem. Then the war is going to be in your own head. Between your own, your slavery to your own desires. So there you go. So <laughs> you can see there's no, there's, we're not saved. We're not saved from anything. We're not saved from anything. You just ha have to find a way to get more spiritual, get tougher in life, and see things completely different. Then you will have happiness, which is called resilience. And this is why you see resilient people are very happy. Period. That's it. That's the formula. There's nothing else that works. And living in the moment. So what does Reb Nathan say in Lesson 272? And, he, and he, we're, going to take, we're going to take exactly what he, his prayer is on this. Serving God in the present moment. There's a psalm that says, Today, if you listen to my voice, there's a very important principle in God to focus on the present moment, whether in the realm of earning a living, material concerns, or specifically spiritually. When a person begins to serve God, it's going to, the, the amount, the burden... The burden that's going to be upon you. You're going to, you're, you, you know, imagine getting into a fight with your spouse, getting into a fight with somebody. What's the first thing you say? Oh my God, I have to live with this person the rest of my life. What do you think that's going to do? Put the whipped cream on your back? No, you're just putting saddles and saddles of weight on your back. It's causing extra stress. That's not true. It's not going to be always like this. But because we have one argument, you're assuming this is, that's it. <laughs> I got a prison sentence, 100 year, uh, uh, fighting. It's not true. You have to be careful to live in the present moment. Also, a person should not put off things for the instant. He should not say tomorrow he's going to begin to do something. 
This is because the present day and the moment is all you have. What does he tell us, Rav Nassar? Come, let us bow down and prostrate ourselves. Let us bow down before Hashem, our Maker. For He is our God and he, we are the nation of His pasture. We are the flock. Today, if you listen to the voice, master of the wonder of the world, you know, you create the world constantly in your goodness. You are, with your wisdom, you bring in the passage of time, help me renew myself every single day in order to increase my holiness. Every day may I begin new serving you as I've never been born before. May I not think beyond today. May my mind never grow confused by thinking of the past or the future. You actually have to pray for it. You have to say, may I not think about the future? May I not think about the past? Let me only live in the moment. May the coming days and the hours not concern me. May I not (coughs) contemplate them. Because they're going to hamper my ability to serve you. Rabnathan's telling us very simple. If you think beyond the moment, if you're not in the moment, your your mind will will be completely confused and you will not be able to serve God in the present moment. What happens is... Our main devotion in life is really kavana, is to have intention, is to have our heart and our mind in anything we do. And when our heart and our mind is everything we do, then you can't make shefa, pretty much. I mean, imagine going through, you know, there's always that, there's that joke that, you know, the kid wants to talk to the father, and the father's a doctor, he's a very, very famous doctor. And he doesn't have time for the kid. So what does the kid say to him? I'll give you $300 an hour to talk to me. I mean, that's, you understand? That's the, the famous joke, but... When we're not present, we're not present, we're going to get squashed in marriage, we're going to get squashed in a relationship with our kids, we're going to squash in business. This is such an important message because when we're not present, we lose, we always think we're, this is another mindset. The problem is we always think we're missing out. If I'm davening now, I could be at work making money. So I'm stressed out now that I'm here and I want to be there. And then when I get to work, what I can say? I could have made more money on that deal. I only made this amount of money. You understand? It never ends. When you're on a date with a guy, you could have said, you know what? I could probably do better. How do I know he's the best guy? So your mind all of a sudden checks out and you're now with another guy. And then when you're with another guy, you're going to say, you know what? How do I know he's my soulmate? Maybe there's another soulmate out there. Let me keep on looking. You miss that opportunity and go to another opportunity. And this keeps on happening. This keeps on happening. This is exactly the Yetzirah's message. Just go to the next moment. That will be better for you. Once you get caught in that trap, you'll never accomplish anything. When I married my wife in 30 days, that's it. They could be taller, they could be nicer. It could. Everything could be possible. But this is enough. This is the moment. This is what I need to do. You understand? Baruch Hashem, I'm married 10 years already from that decision. There's always that next moment. And then your whole life, you're, just, you're dying... You die searching and you end up with nothing. And, and unfocused people never get nothing. And what does he say here? Every day, may I enthusiastically serve you anew. May I place nothing before my eyes but this moment, this hour, and this minute. May I serve you energetically. Because remember, all the depletion of energy also comes from, is this, what am I praying for? What should I pray for? What do I know? I don't even know what to do. Pray for the exhaustion of overthinking it. May no element from serving you weigh me down. May I just deal with today, this moment, etc. In addition, may I not clutter my mind with concerns about making a living or taking care of my needs. Instead, may I trust you who provide us with, every, with needs every single day. And I should say, blessed be God every day. He gives me abundance and God is my salvation. This is what Reb Natsen said. He says, every single day, God, you give me abundance and you're my salvation. Nobody else. 
Rescue me from the influence of people who lack faith, who worry about what they will eat tomorrow. Just because everybody else is freaking out over 25 vaccines doesn't mean you have to. You don't have to live like that. That's not, you, who, who says you have to live like that? You don't have to live like that. You could live in the moment and believe that God can, God's the one that cures you. Of course, you have to be careful. You don't have to be reckless. Take care of yourself. But you don't have to live like that because the world world is in a complete cocoon panic. You can live in the moment. This is exactly what he's saying here. Send me abundance of goodness each day. You are the, you are the good king who provides us every single day. And this is exactly what, exactly Parshas Haman. When you read Parshas Haman, Rumnatan says that, the, that every single day God provides a person with, with Parnasa. As long as he has trust and he looks at the, him in that day. When you start hoarding and you start looking for tomorrow and you start getting what happens, it spoils. The key to making Parnasa is recognizing every single day has a new muzzle, every single day has a new opportunity, and every single day has the ability to change everything. When you live like this, you have energy. When you don't live like this, you're depleted. And that's pretty much the formula. But you have to pray for it. You have to say, God, you renew the day every single day. You have to actually pray. When you get unfocused and you get anxious a little bit, or you start getting stuck in the past a little bit, you have to believe. Because you know what? One day it's all going to be gone. It's going to be gone. That's it. And it's, a real, it's something real. There was a guy who came to him, a very successful a merchant. that came to Rab Nachman. And Rav Nachman says, did you look at the sky today? He says, no, 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 I got to go to work. I got to busy. I'm busy with this guy. He says, guess what? In 50 years, there'll be different wagons, a different city, and a different place. And you won't even be here anymore. How do you like that one? You won't even be here anymore. So look at the sky in the morning. Look at the sky. Wake up and look at the sky. Don't be a rat racer. Don't be a rat racer. And this is the only way you could stay. This is how you could stay happy. This is how you could stay in the moment. Otherwise, it's just the accumulation of negativity from the past to the future. And that's this ADD lifestyle today we're living. ADHD. I need to be here. I can't focus. I need to be... This is the problem. This is the problem. We're trying to catch three rabbits at the same time. I want to do this, 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 this. And at the end of the day, what do you get? You get nothing. And I think this is the secret for me doing classes every single day. Because I really find a way to renew myself, no matter what I'm going through. I was up all night today. My kid had croup. Okay, right now I have to teach a class. Yesterday, yeah, that's over with the past. Today, it's 8 o'clock and I have to teach a class. That's all I got to deal with right now. And at 9 o'clock, I got to deal with that hour. And at 10 o'clock, I got to deal with that hour. This is the key to success, the key to everything, the key to stay joy. But if you start accumulating, oh my God, I'm tired from the class, I need to sleep, how can I do the class? If I even thought, had one thought, oh my God, how can I do a class? I'm tired, I don't have anything to say. I'm exhausted, how could I? Then I wouldn't be able to do the class. The energy of the moment renews you when you're in the moment. This is exactly what the book Living in the Present means. The Hasidus is just God renews every single day. He renews the moment. And this is the key. How do you know you have energy or not? If you're living in the moment. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You have energy if you're living in the moment. If you're not living in the moment, you're going to have all the money in the world, every single situation, but you're not going to have energy, you're not living in the moment. And that's the whole message. A moon is about living in the moment. And Hashem help us, just like Yaakov Avinu, lived in Egypt. He lived in Egypt. The Zohar says he lived there. It's teaching you a message. You can live in Egypt. We're also in Egypt. But you can live if you live in the moment. And that was his whole movie. Have a great day.